Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown Podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. And I just want to start off by saying we had a wonderful time last night in the first ever rewired Zoom um, hosted by um, Anders and Olivia. And it was just live, live authentic and their, their, um, their topic was authenticity, and it was amazing. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. So I also want to mention SoberTownPodcast.com. We have tons of resources over there. Come visit us. And then I want to mention the IAS app, where most of us have gotten sober. Today, we're just going to get right to this because we have somebody really special here. And I was looking up when she did her first a podcast with us was April 13th, 2021, and Tea Lover. Hello. Hello, Drifter. Hello, everyone. I'm back. You are back. Yes. And you're doing fantastic. Yes. Um, there's been a few bumps in the road since April, I think. Um, do you want me to go straight in and tell everyone what's happened? Well, you know what? Let's. Let's do some background tease so okay. people know you may be like day zero, day one, or whatever you're at right now, but there's a huge backstory with you. And that's one thing that I, we want to share right now is that you can't judge people by their numbers by day zero, day one, a week or whatever, because everybody's got a backstory and everybody's story matters. So T, you did a podcast with me before you and I got sober at the same time. Yeah, yeah, we're we're pretty much on the same start date, aren't we? So we're just both in, we're kind of both on the same path, but mine's been a bit more squiggly than yours has. Um, There's been a few more bumps in the road and stops and starts, but both on the same journey. Um, But yeah, basically the the background to me is that um, anyone that's listened to the podcast or been an IAS will probably know about me a little bit, but um, I desperately wanted to get sober, desperately tried to get sober and just couldn't seem to make it stick so I as you would say drifter I was in the trenches and just kept coming back kept resetting kept restarting kept trying every single day to break free and drop the booze and just kind of through sheer strength of will tenacity and various tools I picked up along the way um from June 2020 20 was it through till February 2021 um finally seemed to finally to get somewhere and crack it so hence what you're saying about the the days drifter it, it's it doesn't you had 70 resets in 70 days t 70 resets in 70 days yeah I did I kept I kept I kept coming back on IAS and I kept coming back and going I'm back on day zero every single day you know, I want everybody to know you're highly educated. You have a couple degrees. You're with Mountain Rescue. You do all kinds of things. And tea, you even drank hand sanitizer. Yes, to all the above. Yeah. That's where addiction yeah, takes us, a, huh? 
Yeah, when you when you when you got nothing in the house and you read it the label to make sure it's the right kind of alcohol that isn't going to kill you because there is a bad one in hand sciences that will kill you. Um, I'm not going to mention the bad one or the good one just in case anybody gives an idea from this. Um, but there's a right hand sanitizer that won't kill you, and I drank that, and it wasn't a very nice experience. And that was probably the the last sort of proper move I made with my journey. But yeah, wouldn't recommend it to anybody. It wasn't fun. Wasn't nice. Doesn't make you feel very good. Right. It just makes you feel like <laughs> shit later, huh? Yeah. And Dementor, what you wrote, you wrote a lot about Dementor uh, being like your, uh, that's, that was like the shadow over you, huh? Yeah. Um, the big, the big thing about my story was um, I genuinely was reaching to a point where I didn't know what else to do. Um, I never would have killed myself or anything like that, but I was just failing so often that I didn't know what to do. And, I kind of through my journey I kind of realized that actually I think it was a little bit I think I was getting into sobriety I was sober when I wrote the demented thing but I suddenly realized that alcohol for me is like a dementor you know it's kind of waiting in the background for you when it's closed it kind of sucks all the happiness away and eventually sucks your soul out so I, I kind of every time I kind of like looked at a, a bottle or was tempted I just kind of think about that that metaphor of you know what it does to you once you crack it open and for me it was nothing it wasn't happy anymore it wasn't fun it wasn't something I enjoyed it was just something that I did and that took over so that was the kind of way it made me feel um so got to a point where just like do I really need or want that in my life and it was a really good thing to remember every time I was tempted was that feeling of despair and misery and just standing at the bottle of, bottom of a pit looking up going I just want to climb out of this so the, the demented thing right, it worked for me it seems to work for a lot of people as well but I just kind of pictured that there's a brilliant passage in uh, in Harry Potter please don't sue me JK um, <laughs> that kind of like describes what a dementor is and for me it kind of like absolutely nailed um, how, like, how it makes you feel when they do what they do and like despair and misery and stuff and that's kind of where i ended up with drinking so they imprison you imprison your soul they separate yeah yeah they're really just horrible the best thing was that the description actually says it's an imprison in your own mind because it brings back all the darkest thoughts and you're a prisoner within your own head and that's kind of what booze did to me it kind of i wasn't myself anymore i was a prisoner in my own mind it's exactly what it does. Huh? <laughs> so here you are, T. Seventy days, seventy resets. You're you crawled your way out of the darkness. You were in the foxholes, being bombarded constantly. You fought your ass out of the foxholes. You got your feet underneath you. Then we we did the podcast. Then um, you were. It was four four months on your fortieth birthday, right? Uh, it was five, yeah. So on my fortieth birthday, it was just coming up to the five month mark. Five months. Um, so yeah, so I came up to five months, and um, I think you you put on a thing on your on your podcast and everything. But uh, my husband tragically died in a scuba diving accident, pretty much on the twenty eighth of July. So two days after my fortieth birthday, we'd gone out to the Isles of Scilly to celebrate my fortieth birthday and to where say that um, again the isles of Scilly. it's in uk just off cornwall so it's sort of like the bottom west corner of uh, of england 
Um, so we sort of like gone out there. My dad and my sister were there, total people scuba diving friends, and went diving um, on the Wednesday morning. And uh, basically, we ended up at 40 meters on the bottom of the seabed, and I couldn't get him back to the surface and try to drag him up with me and in the process of trying to haul him up to the surface from 40 I didn't know it was 40 found out later um basically we became separated I dropped him and I went to the surface like a champagne cork out a bottle pardon the pardon the pun <laughs> the, the right well you there. did so I, sh- did. I shot to the surface uh for because you, you, had for pulled, you had pulled your your emergency what do they call those it's called a BCD, so a buoyancy control device. So I had fully inflated that at 40 meters to try and haul the weight of him plus the weight of me to the surface. So that um, blew so up was, like a friggin' balloon, didn't it? Because it, yeah, and at that depth. It, I, I knew what would happen when I inflated it. Um, I knew the consequences of what would happen. I knew that I could get a, a bend. Um, yeah, that could have um, killed you too, just, huh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically I knew what I was doing. I couldn't find the piece of kit to rescue him. Um, it turns out that it's actually tucked behind his back. I found that recently, so I was never going to find it. Um, so basically, he was unconscious at four, he was unconscious at the bottom of the seabed. I uh, he pulled me down as well, so he had my spare regulator. He pulled me down to the seabed with him. The crash landed on the bottom. I rolled over a few times, got separated. I half drowned doing that as well because I took in water, thinking I had a reg in and didn't realize I didn't. Um, went and found him, tried to rescue him, but uh, everything was just against me. The weight of him, the weight of um, yeah, because you hits, grabbed him, the, you grabbed him, and then you activated your buoyancy. Yeah, so I had to, I had to keep, I had to do everything one handed because he was unconscious and technically dead. Um, I was having to hold a regulator in with one hand whilst look for another piece of kit to save him. And then that didn't work because I couldn't find the piece of kit to get him up, which is called an inflator. So that was tucked somewhere that I couldn't find. Turned out I wasn't going to find it. Um, And then I kind of had to um, try and get him up somehow. So in my panic, I say this very calmly. I was not calm at all. There's a level of panic here that goes beyond everything that you've ever experienced. This is not calm. This is like you're 40 meters underwater. Your husband was 20. (laughs) Your husband's dying in your arms. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is very traumatic. This is very traumatic. <laughs> I've been two days this. after your fortieth birthday, right before your five months sober, and you activated that. But his weight that just took you straight up, and we you yeah, and I figured I it out. He was over three with his gear over three hundred pounds, right? Yeah. So he was too heavy. It was never going to work, but I gave it a go, and all that happened was I couldn't hold him. My kit was so buoyant it pulled me off him. And I ended up on the surface without him. And he was found exactly where I left him um, at 40 meters a week later. Wow. By this point, I was already back home um, and dealing with coppers and press statements because the press got hold of it um, and all these other bits and pieces that nobody really knows about. So you kind of in autopilot mode at that point. Um, So, yeah, so that was, so it's kind of been, I kind of, wrote a sort of semi-jokey but semi-serious post on IAS actually not long afterwards and went well it looks like you know 2021 is the uh the year that I've lost two major components of my life I've 
given up the booze so that's no longer a part of my life and due to unforeseen circumstances I've kind of lost my husband as well so it's like lost two very different things in 2021 but me being my odd sense of humor I found that rather funny we can't imagine I mean there's so much that you're dealing with I'm sure Dementor was trying to attack your mind here and there with drinking and uh, you've got everybody trying to console you then you've got to deal with the, the media, the press, uh, everything else. And a lot of us were going, how the hell is Tuesday and Silver through that? And you did. Do you know what? It was the last thing on my mind. Um, it really, really was. It never occurred to me um, to, to do it at all. Not once. Um, it, there was... I kind of wanted to let the sober community know. So one of the first people that I called on that Wednesday on my ring round to tell everybody what had happened, one of them was Polly from from yeah. IAS because I knew that she would be able to get the message out and I wouldn't have to do anything. So I was like, I'll call Polly, um, let her know, and she can kind of spread the word because I only wanted to do it once. So I was like, Polly can just let everyone know, that's fine. So yeah, so just kind of like one of the first people before even some really good friends actually kind of like got in touch with just let everybody here know because it was like it's either going to go one or two ways it's either going to be you know back on it and trying to escape from what's happened or you know this is going to be the making of me and I didn't know which way it was going to go so I had kind of one of the first things was to kind of let everybody in Sobertown know that you know this has happened and I'm either going to crash and burn or I'm going to be all right but tell you what though at the beginning though it is if anything ever happens to anyone like this, the kindness is overwhelming. It's like, it, it truly is just, you know, cards and messages and um, flowers and, you know, from everybody, you know, so lots of cards and everything from the States. And yeah, it was just absolutely overwhelming with kindness. It, it's kind of almost kills you worse than the other stuff does. So. And you, you hit, you uh, faced all this stuff head on, Silver. You just like, put all your attention to it and want to get through whatever you had to get through now. So it wouldn't haunt you later. Right. Well, it was twofold in a way because of, I didn't find getting sober easy. I had to fight tooth and nail for that. And in doing that, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, you know, there are, you learn about things that you don't like. You learn about things that you do like, you learn your strengths and your weaknesses. Um, and, you know, you, you do do a lot of soul searching in it, as cheesy as it sounds, but you do learn certain things like the techniques of when you're having a really shit day, what to do um, when you can't cope with what life throws at you. What do you do? And there were so many lessons that I've learned since I started IAS and tried to kick the tried to kick the bottle that actually I think that without. Without the lessons that I learned about my strength of character and me and, you know, relying on people for support and asking for help, without learning all of those things by getting sober, I think I would be in a far worse position than I am now. So yeah, there's a you learn some huge tools. crossovers. You do. And it just because you learned it in one thing doesn't mean that you can't carry it over to something else. And that was a, you know, just there were certain days where I, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to drink, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I wasn't driving very much. I was at home and there wasn't any occasion in the, in the kind of like few weeks after Rob died 
that I just kind of genuinely wanted to pick up a bottle. And just in case I was going to meet it, I was going to like the um, the kind of unofficial Zoom meetings and stuff like that and checking in. And there was a few people there that kind of went, holy shit, this girl's, you know, her husband's died and she's five months sober and she still hasn't picked up. Jesus. Oh, right. So that's kind of right. good. That was sort of like good for some people to see that were like just starting out going, crap, I can't even do a day. And she's told this has happened and she's still not drinking. But you had been there so that was a, where you couldn't do a day and fought your oh, ass yeah. off to where you could oh, get sort through all this. Definitely. So, it, you know, there are there are some powerful tools and what you learn about yourself when you when you stop drinking and you know it's you a ask like accepting and asking for help is a big one because i'm crap at that so you know when people are nice to you and want to help and when you want to talk about stuff then it it kind of has helped with that as well so you know it's it's there are lots and lots of crossovers and but i will I will be completely honest and say that I I have reset, but the reasons for resetting are complex. And um, mainly it's because I felt a bit like a fraud. So I'm, you know, nine months, but I kind of didn't really feel like I could carry that nine month banner around with me, having had like a little bit of a dabble here and there. And I just kind of thought basically what happened was about I think I can't remember the time frame. I think it was about six four six weeks after Rob died something like that I can't remember but yeah there was just one day where I'd been trying so hard you know there's funeral arrangements there's press statements there's police statements because there's an inquest um you know everybody's on the phone to you all the time you've got mess you've got whatsApp messages Facebook messages um telegram messages (laughs) telegram messages trying to keep up with everybody um when everybody cares about you is a full-time job plus you're trying to change everything over from his name to my name plus sort out things plus not think about things like finances and stuff and not think about all the intricacies of losing a loved one which is you know looking around the house and looking at pictures and memories and all of the what ifs and the never evers it's quite overwhelming and I was you know desperately trying to be this strong person um you know not let it get to me right above it and something something had to give and unfortunately I one night I knew it was the wrong thing to do and I went to the local shop and I bought a bottle of gin and then I just didn't go to bed that night I just drank the whole thing and I did the thing that I was desperate not to do which was go on social media so I'd been previously using social media as a platform to simply kind of go this has happened so it was very um kind of very factual about this has happened um you know rob's been rob's they're still searching for rob they're going to call it at this time rob's been found it was very factual there wasn't any emotion to it um right you hadn't dealt with your grief until basically that night your grief kind of just overwhelmed you right just I don't really know what happened I just felt that I couldn't really carry on for some strange reason I can't put my finger on it I just it it just felt like with every stage of this grief thing um I call it the freight train so you can kind of feel when a freight train is going to hit so the first week that it happened it happened on the Wednesday and from the Wednesday the week on the Wednesday 
my freight train still hadn't hit. I was still functional. It was, you know, but I could feel that something was brewing. I could feel that I was going to crack. And then I cracked on the Friday and the waterworks happened and I had to run away to my parents and all this kind of stuff. So I was dealing, I was dealing with it. But it, it kind of, there's definite levels. So for every, for every freight train that hit, it's like you kind of pick yourself up and you carry on a little bit longer. Um, and then you kind of feel another one brewing. But it, you kind of learn that you, it's again, it's kind of like sobriety. It's kind of what you learn about sobriety. It's like you can feel the voices in your head and you can feel what's going to happen. And it's how you deal with that. And for me, I kind of learned quite quickly on that if a freight train's going to hit, for me, the best thing to do is just kind of accept it's a really shit day and not put the energy into trying to fix it because tomorrow is an entirely new day. And most of the time, you'd wake up. Well, in my, I wasn't sleeping, so I'm not going to say wake up. You would start the next day with a different headspace. So I learned that quite early on. You know, when you're having a really rubbish day and it's nine o'clock in the morning and you want it to be nine o'clock at night, just keep doing your five minutes, one breathing all day. I I know you <laughs> pretty well, and that sounds like that's something that you've learned new through this all of this too. Is <clears throat> mm. a freight train. Because that's the yeah, first time I've heard you, you mention that. Oh, yeah, you can feel them coming. And it, it, it's the same thing. And I could kind of feel when it, when my, when my when I kind of like cracked and bought that gin, I could kind of feel that something was going to crack and that I was, you know, there was another freight train coming. And I was like, do you know what? It's going to hit. And I kind of gave into it. I wish I hadn't, but I did. Um, well, let's talk about just that like, just for a second. Yeah. Because things do happen. And there, we do sometimes go back to the poison, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to necessarily be, you haven't lost everything because you chose to go back. You went, no. into, you went into some like build uh, experimentation mode, right? Yeah, it was just, uh, I just kind of, what's the way to describe it? I just kind of, felt that it was something that I had to do um, as part of my journey to kind of get out, you know, with the Rob thing, with my sobriety thing, I was just like, I felt no, sh it sounds daft, I felt no shame or weakness in it. It was just like, do you know what? This is just part of my journey. This is something that I'm going to do. I can feel that it's something that I'm going to do. And you know, even, you know, I, it's, I went to a supermarket, but you had to ask for the gin as well. So I even had to go and look someone in the eye and say, you know, bottle of gin. So I, I knew what I was doing and I went at it, not with a, when I used to drink, it was like a desperation. You know, there's that voice, you kind of, you you're kind of planning it, you're kind of desperate for it. There's that anticipation. And this was something really different. This was kind of weightier and heavier. And I knew it was the wrong thing to do. And I knew the consequences. But I just I just kind of wanted to see what would happen. Which so, is stupid because I knew what would happen. <laughs> right. And you drank that whole <laughs> bottle that night. And I'm sure you felt like shit the next day, didn't you? I didn't sleep all night and the social media thing was horrible because I've made some really, really, you know, my friends have really, really stepped it up over the past few months. And during those early weeks as well, they were fantastic. And I kind of said to everybody, you know, I'm not going to go on social media, blah, 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 blah. And I did. And I, I knew what I was saying. 
but I didn't really think about how it would come across. And it's true because, the you know, when you lose somebody, what I said on social media is, you know, I don't want this in your life. I really don't. And it's true because you you just want things to go back the way they were. And, you know, moving forward is terrifying. You can feel guilty about it. There's all the associations. And it's, it's again, it's it's like losing the drink. There's a loss. There's a mourning. And you, you think about all the never-evers and the, and the, and the what-ifs and Oh, so hold it, hold it. You drunk text into your social media? Is that what you're trying to tell yeah, me? Yeah, I, I, I kind <laughs> of, I kind of did the thing I didn't want to do, and I, I dropped my dignity card for the very first time because all through this process, what was it like? And it's why I didn't, why I really didn't want to drink, um, was because the second that I do, I drop my dignity card, and I do it with gusto. So I didn't want to drink at all because I wanted to keep my head up high. I wanted to keep my dignity. I wanted to kind of like take everything that was happening to me head on and deal with it because it means that it's easier to deal with it when you haven't got to worry about what you've been doing as well as everything else. So, you know, and you're not sleeping anyway. You know, sometimes getting 30 minutes of sleep a night. So, you know. So right your first night that you drank, you like woke up in this. Did you wake up in the morning going, uh, what did I say didn't last to, night? I didn't go to bed. Oh, you didn't even go to bed, so you just stayed I didn't awake. Go to bed? No, I just stayed awake all night with a bottle of gin. Wrote a horrible, wrote a great big thing on Facebook saying basically, I don't want this life. This whole thing sucks. And um, basically, all my friends went into crisis mode because they all thought I was going to top myself. Which it did sound. Uh, I don't know if I would have known or not, to be honest. But I, I do remember kind of like very carefully planning out the words of what I was saying. And um, the next thing I know, I've got um, a friend knocking on the door at 4.30 in the morning saying, <laughs> let me in, let me in, let me in. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's great, um, though. That's think, great because, you know, you have such a, you have support around the world, T. Yeah. Literally. So, literally. yeah. And he, he saw me in probably the worst state that anybody possibly could have seen me in <laughs> so i think he was probably a bit shocked <laughs> and he didn't he didn't he didn't know that i had an issue either so i kind of fessed up pretty quickly and went hmm things that you don't know about me <laughs> um, and this probably that them. that was probably good for you too t to get uh, get all that yeah. out too, you know yeah it was because the what I found throughout the, the last few months is the more people that know, the better because they there's the sort of the pressure's off because people don't ask if you want a drink or anything like that. So the more people that know, the pressure's off and they care about you. So they they ask how you are and they say, you know, how, you know, everybody was so worried um, when Rob died that I was going to pick up and. Uh, it, it got a little bit annoying if I'm honest because some people kind of like really really went to town going are you drinking are you drinking it's like no no one not but everybody the day that I sent the day that I drank all night everybody that in everybody in the inner loop that knew about my drinking asked me directly and said did you drink last night and I just went yes right because right. they can they can t they can tell they know me well enough to tell there's no point in hiding it but, so and you get you get through that night and you um you finally got to sleep whenever. <laughs> but um <laughs> so then there that there's it's been what a, a, a good two and a half, three months since then that you've been like 
Yeah, when would that be? Yeah, it'd be two, what was it coming up? It's coming up for four. Yeah, it'd be sort of like two, two and a bit months, something like that. And there has been the occasional sort of, again, another kind of non-desperate dabble, if that makes any sense. So not the kind of proper addiction voice on your shoulder that's screaming at you to do it. It's been a, a much calmer voice, which sounds stupid. It's only been a couple of occasions and I didn't do anything stupid on those occasions. It was just, you know, mm, let's give this a go. But every single time that I've done it, so that's maybe three times, every single time that I've done it, I've known that it hasn't felt right. I've known that it's not really me. Can't really justify the reasons for doing it, but kind of didn't feel guilty. It just sort of happened. and then just sort of I can't explain it but yeah there was just kind of that thing of there wasn't the screaming in my head afterwards going why the hell did you do that why did you do that it was just like it was almost a calming thing because it's just it was a, a calming thing mainly because you just kind of sit there and go do you know what this will come full circle because this isn't you this so you were able to be. step back and examine each one of these incidents rationally yeah right? Yeah, you, you kind of afterwards, it was just, you know, I didn't do anything silly. I didn't drink in the way that I used to do it. Um, it, it but it was, you know, you do kind of have to do that little bit of soul searching afterwards and just kind of go, what the hell was that about? But it it was kind of not very good to do, and I'm not proud of doing it. But it was almost like a kind of, like I say, just this calm voice just going, you know, let's just see. And it, it, I just, every single time that I did it, I just knew that it wasn't me and it wasn't right. And I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like the taste. Um, it wasn't even, it didn't even taste nice. <laughs> That's the funny thing. So it, it was, there was nothing going for it. And, you know, I was able to sort of control myself with it, which is something I never thought I could say, but I just knew in my heart of hearts, I was just like, do you know what? You're going to, I don't feel ashamed that I did it. I don't feel bad that I did it. It's just part of my, part of my journey. But I knew that it wasn't me. And I knew that I would always come back and, you know, want to be, want to be sober because that is me. And, you know, I like myself more. I'm better a person. I'm nicer. I'm more reliable. And, you know, the thoughts in my head are better. And when you got some, you know, pretty dark thoughts in your head, like dropping your husband and results in death. You don't really need anything at 40, else to at make 40 you feel meters shit. down at the bottom of the yeah. ocean. <laughs> you don't really need booze in your head to kind of give your anxieties a little bit of an edge. So you've done this field. You went out, you did this field experiment. Yeah. Your inner voice has been talking to you. And then I opened up the IAS app this morning. Boom, there's T. Because I kind of just, I'm like, you know what? This is T. She's got to deal with her grief, and I don't want to sit there and, and you know, try to like console you every day because it's things that you got to sort out. So I've pretty much left you alone for a while now. Mm. Seems like forever. Well, I've also been. I've also not not because of the not because of the occasional drink that I've had, but just in terms of trying to trying to kind of keep all the balls in the air that I can. The life's been quite overwhelming as well, so I've kind of stepped back personally from a few things not because I don't love everybody that's in charge just because I've sort of just haven't had the time but 
I kind of realized that that was probably a bit of an error. So I kind of need to check in with the people that, and the groups and everything that, that mean the most to me. Because you, you know, I want to, I just remembered network. one thing that blew my friggin' mind. Here you were, um, you just lost your husband, uh, scuba diving in the bottom of the ocean. And it wasn't long after you're scuba diving again and you're out there in a wakeboard and you're back in the friggin' water. I was like, this lady is friggin' incredible. I haven't been scuba diving yet, but I will do at some point. Okay, wakeboarding. Um, what did I do? I went pa- paddleboarding. Paddleboarding. That's what it was. Paddleboarding. So, yeah, so I've been paddleboarding, swimming. Yeah, that, that was a week. That was just shy of a week later that I went paddleboarding. I might have told Poseidon and Triton, two gods of the sea. I might have called them rude names. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And the next day they get, and the next day they gave Rob back. So clearly it worked. Yeah, there you go. There, and that was brave. Yeah, I, a- I just was like, I was astounded. So T, you put your post up. I saw it this morning, and I'm like, I got to hold you right away. And I'm like, yep. It's just first of all, so glad to see you. And then second, it's like sharing this story. You can really help others, T, because you're at day zero, and day zero doesn't mean that. You just started this journey. And no, and that's right, carry on. Well, I just want, and this is a big thing for me with with people where they're judging, uh, they're getting their self worth by how many days they have. And I don't think that's where our self worth should come from. Our self worth should come from our journey. And that's why I'm like, let's talk about this. Well, this is how little it means to me. Um, I don't, I didn't write down the last day that I had a drink. Um, so I just put day zero as yesterday, even though I didn't drink yesterday. That's how little it means to me numbers wise. Right. And then because I remember the real battle I care about numbers. The real battle that you remember is the day that you walked out of from Dementor, which is February 28th of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the, that's the date that sticks in your head. Yeah, that's the day that I broke free. You know, that's the day that I got released. That's the day that I really, that's, that will always be to me, that will always be my sober birthday. Um, because that's the day that it really turned a corner for me. And I remember those early days and, you know, feeling how real it was. And this just feels like, you know, and how hard I fought in those early days as well. And this just feels like, another sober day there's no battle it's just another sober day and you know i've just put yesterday down as day zero because it just popped up on the thing as day zero i was like well I'll just you know i'm just resetting i don't know what day it was that was an arbitrary day because you know you're absolutely right there's a lot of stigma about numbers and days and time sober and stuff like that and there's absolutely no need for it because it doesn't really matter what matters is that you try and what matters is that you want it and they're the two hardest things in the world to do but that's what will get you through it it doesn't matter what day you're on you you know where you want to be and eventually you'll get there you might have some blips on the way but that doesn't matter but those numbers should never define you ever not once because it's just a number and you're when you wake up that morning you're in the arena yeah. And that's what matters. Nothing else matters because yesterday doesn't matter. You're waking up in the arena. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the big it's the big picture is is the kind of way I look at it. It's like you you you, you don't give up. Um, I've had a couple of blips. I knew they were blips. I knew it wasn't going to be a chain and uh, I knew it wasn't going to be like a full proper head down relapse going back to everything how it was before I knew it was just blips um and I kind of tried the waters a little bit didn't suit me so I was really excited to see in your post that you said that that uh, you're not you don't have the shame and the guilt and that stuff right now oh god no 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 shame at all um maybe I should I don't know but no I don't feel any shame in kind of resetting because it's it's just a number and I don't really care all i care about is that you know i don't really want that lifestyle anymore that's not me you know this me is happy looks at the future i make real decisions about real things that you know there is you can't blame booze for doing it it's all kind of it's all positive when you haven't got that hanging over your head and and you know what when i'm sober as well like oh i am sober but you know just it was so freeing, or it is so freeing, um, going out to dinner and have everybody else ordering wine and beer and all this kind of stuff. And you stick to the soft drinks. Everybody knew that I'd have two gin and two tonic waters in a glass. It's like a long drink rather than a tiny tonic water. So it's just like, yeah, two tonic waters, no gin. Um, and nobody questioned it, but there was no stress. You're not staring at everybody else's glasses going, why are they drinking? Where's the wine gone? Why is why is there a wine? Is everybody else going to drink as fast as I am? You know, it was it was so stressful. And it's not until you can like step back and realize, oh, you know, it's just so nice. There's no stress waiting on who's going to the bar next, who's ordering the next bottle of wine. Why aren't they drinking as fast as me? It's just so relaxing, just not having that over your head. Um, and you just you you like I say, without all the tools that I've learned along the way, just in I don't know where I'd be in this Rob thing without them and without the support that you guys have given me and without the support my friends have given me. And just this, I can't even remember all the bits and pieces, but there's just so much that I learned through the process that has got me through this, you know, so much. I won't say easy because it's not easy. Um, so much more effectively, maybe is the right word. So. You know, well, you, I think you've got fortitude. I think you're courageous. I think you have fortitude, your uh, tenacity. I think all these characteristics that you didn't have before, like with getting on Facebook, how you didn't want to, what was the word you used? Drop my, I dropped my identity card. Right, right. I didn't want to, I didn't want to vent anything emotional on Facebook. And I did. And that's where alcohol takes you. It takes you to that Mm. type of individual. But in your sobriety, you're courageous. You're you have all these great parts of your personality that just shine, right? And who wants to lose that over some what some friggin' poison? Well, I don't. It's not good. It, it just sort of you know what I learned over my dabble was that it goes from you know the me that I like and the me that I trust, and the one that has you know integrity and as a good friend and you know keeps going into this you know wreck again so i don't really know why i did it but um, but let's let me look back and go last night 
on our first rewired Zoom, we talked about authenticity. And this is what I'm hearing from you because it's your authentic self that you're in contact with when you're sober. Oh, definitely. You you trust yourself a lot more and you you just that version of you that you know that's real rather than the the fronting version and the doubting version that that booze makes you so you know I'm definitely better off without it and happier without it and you know it's part of the reason that I kind of got on and decided to reset you know obviously I can't remember the date that I actually drank last um but I just kind of you know it was bothering me that I was carrying around this nine month thing and I was like, but it's not really because you did do a little bit of a dabble and it's not really fair and you kind of want to know what you're doing to your body again. So I just decided to do the reset. I was just like, you know, who am I lying to here? Because nobody that cares about me will give a crap. They'll just kind of go, you know what? It was bound to happen with everything that has happened and you did really, really well. And, you know, there'll be, you know, anybody that does know about it just went, we knew it was coming, Mel. I wouldn't worry about it too much, you know, just keep trying keep going and do what you've been doing before um which is kind of where I am now just kind of going it just feels like it did six months like five months ago before everything kicked off it's just yeah do you know what put it behind you move on learn from the experience remember that daft thing that you did that you didn't want to do and how bad you felt about it afterwards you know remember that it didn't feel like you and you were doing it because it, it just didn't feel right at all. So didn't also like is what you did right. is you put yourself back into accountability. You plug back into us. Um, you put yourself back into accountability because you know the direction you want to go. Yeah. And as well, it's that it, it's just kind of like being honest with yourself and honest with the people who care about you. Cause I, I don't I just felt that I just it was bothering me that I was living this kind of like lie and that's not me. I didn't want to be carrying that around. I just kind of thought, you know what, the second that I the second that I contacted you guys and the second that I put that post in IS, it was like, oh thank God for that. What a relief, huh? I mean It is, it really is. It's that is stupid, isn't it? But it really was a relief to just kind of like say, right, I haven't been the person that I thought I was, but it's okay because I know who that is and I want to be them. And this is how I go about it all over again. So in one way, we're saying numbers don't matter. But in another way, we're saying that we got to be true to ourselves. Yeah. So I don't give it. Definitely. It's the numbers don't matter thing that was just a guilt thing because I didn't feel that it was right to kind of carry that when it's not really true but I know from my point of view that February 28th will always be my my birthday but in terms of accountability and um oh what's the word accountability and transparency so that that kind of being true to yourself, but also letting people in. That was and also also Brene Brown talks about that when you're transparent like that, shame, guilt, anything like that, whatever was bothering you that that, that drove you to put this post up and just say, okay, mm. this is where I'm at. It dissolves it, like you said, you just yeah. got real light, right? It just dissolves it. It's gone. Oh yeah, it was. 
I don't know why it was bothering me so much, but it really, really was. It was like burning a hole in my pocket going, hmm. But the second that I kind of like got back in touch and sort of went, ah, do you know what? Here's the, this is the truth of it all. This is what's happened. You know, it's not that big a deal. It's a couple of blips, but it's a big enough blip that I feel that it would be silly and remiss of me to not tell anybody. Gee, I'm just so glad to see you back. I was so glad to hear your your voice when we talked earlier. And <laughs> likewise. You know, we've come so far. I remember back when both of us crawled into IAS in 2020. <laughs> and we are totally two different people than we were back then. <laughs> and oh, our, completely. our subconsciouses used to drive us to where we couldn't stop drinking. And we had to put water in the gin bottles and we had to drink hand sanitizer, all the shit that we did. We was governed by our, our subconsciouses with the, those, those pathways. And that's not us anymore. We've taken our minds back, haven't we? Oh, completely. And, you know, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was my subconscious that bought the gin that I drank. It felt like it was me doing it rather than my subconscious drinky voice, which sounds completely nuts. But it, it it wasn't that kind of desperation, drink, 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 drink voice. It was something a bit different. Um, yeah, but back when you were in the foxholes and you were oh, in yeah, the trenches, that was shit. You, that was your conscious shit. mind, you literally had cognitive dissonance because your conscious mind didn't do it. You reset 70 days uh, in a row. And yeah. your conscious mind, you woke up every day. I don't want to do this. I'm not going to do it today. And then by that afternoon, your subconscious had convinced you that you needed to take a drink, right? He didn't even get to the afternoon drifter. <laughs> right, right, right. Some days you he didn't, didn't even get did to you? the afternoon. No, some days it was like, oh, right. I'll just put gin in my cup rather than tea. So you woke up fast enough to like put a post up and then boom. You'd reset. Pretty much, yeah. Then you started building but your wall. That was a, but that was, but, but it feels like a lifetime ago. It, it was, really, in, in in the best possible way. It feels that that sort of desperation, despair, desire to to break out and to and to and to kind of be free. That that feels like a lifetime ago. It and that's like what I'm talking it about. Feels like a where, different person, right? Where we used to be controlled by those parts of our inner mind um, where we're not controlled about. And even with your experiment um, and you did go out each time you were able to analyze it and you never did go back into despair. You, you were able to, um, to look through it. And then here you are today where it, you're finally like, well, you know what, I'm just going to go and say hi to everybody. And this is what's been going on. Yeah, and it, it feels like a different voice and it doesn't have that level of desperation, despair and darkness and all the rest of it. But it it just feels like it just always felt more right being sober than not, which was actually really, um, really good in a way, because it would have been a real concern had I done it. And so it's like, oh, thank God I've missed you. This is brilliant. I'm not going sober again. It could have gone the other way. It could have. Um, 
it could have completely gone the other way and it might have been landed me right back at day zero, day dot, all the rest, where I felt like I had to reset and I had to start from scratch um, and really put a lot of effort into picking myself up and not drinking. And it never felt like that. It never, there was never a, there was never a battle to, to fight. The battle obviously was, you know, probably should have taught myself how to go into the shops, but there wasn't oh, that, right. that, <laughs> yeah, that was, there you go, my fault. But there wasn't that kind of, you know, trying to, knew, I knew that it wouldn't be difficult to, to go back and be me again. There wasn't that, that negativity and that association of a, of a war going on in my head. Um, well, I have to say, it seems like you've done, it. you've done like an intervention to yourself. Because if <laughs> if you would have kept going, T, and you would have kept um, accepting these moments, um, the mentor could have eventually snuck back in and tried to take you back over. Because it's it's only Which a matter is, of time. Well, this is kind of why they haven't been frequent or anything like that, these little blips. There haven't been that many. Um, but I just kind of wanted to sort of stop myself before it started becoming a regular pattern again so yes. that's a good way to put it like a self-intervention because you know this has worked for me before it's how i got here in the first place I was just like you know what check in be honest tell everybody what's going on everybody will understand nobody's going to judge because you know it could happen to any one of us tomorrow let's be honest about it we all hope not but you know you're never free <laughs> And it's not only that, we're, we're your family, we're your people, we're, we all are to, together in this, and we care, and having you show up helps us to keep showing up too, you know? Yeah, well, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing, and you know, although I kind of, you know, had my blip and did a magnificent fail staying up drinking the bottle of gin all night on that first attempt of uh, <laughs> going back on the bottle, you know, you do... You, it was. It never felt right. It didn't feel like it was me. It just felt like it was just something I was doing. I never really understood the reason why. I just felt like something had to give. I couldn't quite carry on juggling all the balls I was juggling, and it, it didn't feel good. But it feels right like now, that. doesn't it? Doesn't it? Oh God, right? doesn't it ever? <laughs> so much better. T. Also, you're in the same house. Um, where you were struggling in, in the beginning, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, um, back um, home, I've been living at home ever since everything happened. Um, it's kind of felt like my safe place to be, to be honest. Um, but I've kind of, I made the decision very early on, which freaks a lot of people out, that I'm not going to touch anything in the house for six months. Um, primarily because uh, there's a lot of chatter about like grief and all this kind of stuff. And they kind of say that you're in this sort of brain fog thing for three to six months. So I immediately just went, I'm not touching anything in the house for six months. I'm not changing anything. I'm not going through his clothes. I've put some of the things I don't want to look at in another room that I don't go to very often. There are kind of things that I have moved, but I haven't thrown anything away. Um, and I just want to make sure when it gets to that time period that my head is in a clear, sensible place where I can make decisions that are good because you know if you throw something away or if you give it to charity once it's gone it's gone and you can't get it back and I don't want to have any regrets when it comes to getting rid of stuff or you know moving on or moving or making big decisions about houses and stuff I kind of wanted that 
safety net just to kind of be aware that you know you don't have to do any of this stuff for six months t you can just sit and be and crack on with your grief crack on with your morning do what you got to do and not sort of think about all this big picture stuff for six months which has kind of been a really really good decision yeah and in the beginning uh, it, it was really hard for you to be in the house that you two had shared and i mean that's what sobriety has given you um the clarity to say hold it i'm going to wait six months before I make any real big changes that's huge yeah because you I, I called it i don't i'm gonna say ghosts here and i don't mean apparitions physical ghosts stuff like that um but when you kind of lost somebody and you know people lost pets as well and um, when you've lost somebody i could like there's a, there's ghosts in the room you're kind of looking at everything and everything kind of reminds you of that time that place doing that together um and as time's gone on um you know there's things that i probably would have got rid of very early on that i would have regretted looking back now and there's things that i'm staring at now that i'm thinking i probably will get rid of you and i never thought i would so it changes over time which is you know which is you know i i, I think it was as soon as i walked into the door i was like right i'm giving myself six months not touching anything which is a bit strange for people because they're just like, oh, you haven't touched anything. And it's like, yeah, I'm not because I want to make sure that when I do, it's it's the right decision for that particular thing, book, T-shirt, whatever it might be. I don't want to have any regrets, to be fair. And, you know, it's very easy if you're sort of in a, you know, a drunken stupor to kind of instantly put everything on eBay or, you know, check everything in a bin liner and put it in the <laughs> bin and not know, not know what's in the bin. Well, you've made some, some amazing, amazing, amazing choices. Um, that you're right. When, if this would have been two weeks into your sobriety before, even these choices wouldn't probably being made, being made right now. Right if it'd been if it'd been two weeks in i would have used the excuse to not work as an excuse to drink i would have been a.m to p.m drinking with blackouts on social media drop my dignity card make complete ass of myself probably upset a few people and said things i shouldn't have said and probably during the day gone with, gone around with a bin liner and put everything in the bin yeah i woke up one morning Where'd all my furniture go? <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> or put oh, the house shit. in the market or something stupid. Right. Wake up. Your house is on the market. <laughs> when did I do that? Or, or go looking for something and just go, where on earth did I put that? And then realize, have a, like, a moment and go, oh, yeah, I put that in the bin like a week ago. Why did I do that? <laughs> so it's, you know, it's good for being sober. It's good for so many reasons because, you know, just stuff like that. I know what I would have done it been two weeks in and I didn't have the resolve that I have now. There's no way that I would have been making the decisions that I am today for all the right reasons. You're amazing, T. You're amazing. Well, we're going so to keep better. following you, T. And, I'm, <laughs> you know, it's just so good. And every everybody that um, knows you and gets to hear this podcast, it's going to be really great for them to get to hear you again. T, thanks for sharing I mean, what happened down there that day with, with your husband? I mean, that was intense. And that's, you're even courageous where you can come on here and, and share that. And I'll, thank you for that, too. Yeah, I hope it doesn't freak too many people out. No, this is, this is life. This is life. When things happen in life, if you're sober or, or not, life happens. And then you end up in these battles of what do I do next? The trenches that you 
been through have helped you deal with this event. That's for sure. Somebody that yeah. hadn't had your experience, they might have not have done it as well as you have through all this. Well, it's it's strange as well because if it had happened after two weeks um, rather than five months over, it would have been a very different picture for me as well. So, you know, having coming up for five months and learning all those lessons um, and being sober. And as well, it sounds terrible. Um, I'm really pleased that Rob got five months of weed sober. Really pleased. No, that sounds beautiful to me. Yeah, I'm really, really pleased. It's like at least he got the the real me just before he died, which I am going to be forever grateful for. Obviously, I wish that it hadn't happened in the first place. But if I can take any sort of solace from it, it's the case of, you know, at least he got me sober mm. before everything happened just for a few months. Um, so there's, you know, that is... There's a, there's a level of regret in terms of, you know, the wasted time with me being drunk, quite honestly. So there is a level of regret there that I carry with me in terms of, you know, I could have spent more time with him, could have done this with him and that with him rather than being drunk. Um, but at least in the end, he got to see he got to see me sober for properly sober and happy and doing stuff. So at least he got that. And yeah, because that was a gift well. to him because he, he had been with you while you were in the trenches all that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it's really mixed because there's guilt because of all the wasted time, but there's also, um, you know, happiness that I got to, he got to see me and I got to give him that before it all happened. Well, I think that you've done a wonderful job on sorting everything out. And I love that you did your self intervention. That's just amazing, right? <laughs> we didn't have to go. We didn't go have to get a ladder and jump down in to rescue T. She just popped <laughs> out, ready to rescue herself. You know, it's a get well. This is one of the things that you sort of learn along the road, isn't it? It's like, oh well, you know, don't really want to go down into those trenches again. So, what's the best thing to do? Jump on, be honest, and just right. Kind of go right. This has happened. So here we go. It's fine. Jump on that sober train and arrive. Yep. <laughs> exactly. T, thank you very much. We've got tons of love for you. <laughs> and you. Uh, we're going to be visiting it with, with you again as your journey unfolds because you're you're a part of Silverton. And uh We're the originals. <laughs> yeah, and you are I mean, you've been right here while all this is developed too. And you and I are part of the same sober crew, you know. Yes, so yeah. Right. We've come a long ways to I just I just definitely and I love that you're here with us too. Yep. Well I never I kind of took a little bit of a breather um just because there was uh, too much communication um in the early days and I couldn't keep up with it. So I kind of did take a bit of a breather, but no, I'm definitely back. Got more time, need to prioritize. And yeah. uh yeah, this is kind of you know, I, I know what makes me me and these sort of things do. I just want everybody to know that's not my belly growling. That's your your dog. You're rubbing your dog's belly. And yeah, she's just sorry, loving everybody. It. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought somebody might think I had a bear next to me. But... Yeah. Or, my, you know, it could be me. could be me as well. <laughs> right. the, dog, the dog's getting a bit excitable. T, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And you guys remember, pour the poison down the sink. Bye, T. Bye, Director. Bye, everyone.